"'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the novel, not a character was stirring, cause they were going to hell. Christian was nestled, all snug in his suit, and as for comfort, book didn't give a hoot. And Zealot, with pistol, and Truth, with her sass, had just decided to go kick some enemies. When across the dark lands they started to feel something terrible coming like a rant from Todd Freel, the light from the celestial station on high gave vision to the non-canonical sequences they did spy, when what to love's sparkling's eyes did give motion but a flying mech with eight projections of thermal propulsion. With a little old pilot, so violent and reckless, Truth knew at a moment it must be the puncher of Arius. More rapid than Shapiro on its courses it flew, and for those who don't know, he's my second favorite Jew. And they heard the pilot shout, in a metered ruining cadence, the designations of each propulsor's nomenclative parlance. Now MacDonald, now Lewis, now Ichuo and Okochi, on Lucas, Lauren Faust, on Philip Van Doren, and Rakushi, oh seven, though these names do not rhyme, we mustn't lose time, now dash away like we are fleeing a crime. Like Antifa before a driving vehicle fly, when it met with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the protagonist's courses it flew with an arsenal of weapons and the puncher of Arius, too. And then, in a twinkling, love saw with surprise the mech leaned towards them with hate in its eyes. As love drew her shields and was turning around, down the fist of the mech came with a bound. The mech was dressed all in guns from its dome to its stampers, and its armor was tarnished like a used set of pampers. A bundle of rockets lay slung on its back, and it looked like a torturer tightening a rack. Its shields, how they crackled, with mercy? Not very. Its fists like compressors, its sensors like cherries. The pilot's droll mouth was drawn down like a bow, and his look was as cold as the ice of the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his jaw, illustrating the cultural shift in the acceptance of that flaw. And he had a broad face and a little round belly that shook, revealing his struggle with obesity. He spoke a loud word to Christian and his friends, accusing them of heresy for the trinity he must defend. Christian apologized for flaws theological and requested a cooling of the guy's quest genocidical. And forestalling his onslaught, he turned like a jerk, and upon his controls his hands they did work. And then putting a finger to his nose for some reason, he reminded the lot that misspeaking was treason. For any who led a young person in lies, it would have been better if they had just died. And fearing the man had the brevity of Mike Winger, they all turned to leave and ignored his strange finger. Then rocketing up into the sky he did flee, like the flight of every woman who has ever met me. But they heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Keep your theology straight, 
or it will be a fight. Then suddenly Christian awoke with a groan, and remembered the fate of his friends was unknown, and he hoped his theology would have accuracy unvaried, so his quest for the station would be somewhat unharried. So make sure, young and old, your theology is true, or the guy who punched Arius might also punch you. Unless the story of St. Nicholas punching Arius is a fabrication, as the earliest examples we have of it is a thousand years after the supposed event took place, and St. Nicholas wasn't even listed as one of the bishops attending that council in Nicaea, so maybe he didn't punch out Arius, but, I mean, do you really want to take that risk? Regardless of the historicity of St. Nicholas's violent tendencies, from all of us at Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded, here's wishing you a Merry Christmas. This doesn't count as an episode for my bi-weekly upload schedule, so you'll get one next week and then another two weeks from then, unless I get lazy and don't record, of course.